Hey guys, Amir Ryder here with Sean Finder, CEO of AutoClose. Sean, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Amir. I look forward to it. It's been a lot of fun. So we just had a good 40-minute chat and realized that we have a lot more in common than, um, than, than meets the eye, which is, which is awesome. Um, one of the things I noticed you know, from your actual profile is that uh, AutoClose is kind of parlayed from a company that was called Exchange Leads that incorporated. So I, I guess a quick question for you would be, um, when, what made you pivot to AutoClose? What was the idea behind it? Um, did you shut down Exchange Leads? Did you keep it open? What happened there? Uh, great question. So uh, Exchange Leads, we started about four, four and a half years ago. And uh, right away, we, we ended up um, signing on board some of uh, Canada's largest companies. Um, Rogers was one of them. And what we did was after about a year and a half, we built this database. We had this clientele, but the clients would reach out to us. Okay, Sean, we love your data, but where do we email it from? And then we had another client the next day say, Sean, like we have the data, but like, what do we do with it? So what we said was instead of uh, going in Canada and paying the Canadian government a hefty, hefty um, tax bill after our profits, we said, let's build another company and call it R&D. So we decided to listen to our clients and build the sales engagement tool, but have the built-in database inside. So now they can search our database, look at it, and also email it. And that's how we kind of um, st get started with articles. And, and Exchange Lead still runs, but it's, it's fully in, inside AutoClose, but it also runs as a data company separately. But so it's, okay, all right. So, so now you're combining sales enablement and leads, right? So some exactly. of the people listening to this, you know, leaders, sales leaders, marketing leaders, some people have heard of outreach, They've heard of uh, sales law, right? Yeah. All those companies. They've also heard of discover.org. Yep. Zoom info. So basically you're combining the two into to one package. That's, exa that's exactly how we explain it. We are a sales law and outreach with a discover.org all in one. We go after a little bit of a different market than the sales law and outreach, but that's exactly what we do, yes. That's great. So one of the things that's just apparent, we know that sales and marketing tech is blowing up, right? Even since yep. when you started this organization, there's there's new players, there's new field, there's, there's new modules. Um, as a leader, how do you come across building a roadmap for your product as sales development changes? Because we all know that what worked yesterday might not work today. Um, are you seeing new trends in sales development and engagement that you're building into your platform? Yeah, so I think um, the biggest thing that we find with sales is consolidation. Um, the reason why we built the database inside AutoClose is because People in sales reps don't want to spend time going on their computer and going under 10 tabs to log into their CRM and log into their marketing, log into their sales. So what we're trying to do is build an all-in-one platform that has everything, has the data, has the CRM integrations, et cetera, all inside. Um, with the roadmap, um, we're going to be trying to do a lot with social selling. Social selling and social touching is what I was going to ask. I was going to get at this. So um, we, are, we are in in the preliminary stages of looking of how we can, for example, integrate LinkedIn directly into the, your campaigns and into your cadences. Um, but there's a lot of research. Can I make a product there. request? Yeah. Well, my product request is we're all sending sequences. We're getting actions on these sequences. How can we take those sequences and say, okay, I sent an email to Sean, Sean, check out my link. He opened my email three times. Now I want to connect with him on LinkedIn. Can we take that and make that an automated process? Because it's so important, but it's so manual right now. Is that something you guys That's think exactly about? That's exactly what we're trying to do. So we're trying to do that inside your sequence and after email three, you could automatically connect with them with a personalized message on LinkedIn. And then after six, you might want to, um, you know, uh, share some of their content or something. We're trying to see as much as we can 
Um, we have a few things before that, but that's definitely something that we're going to hopefully by Q3, Q4 of this Bridge year. Bridge that gap. I need it. Yeah. Um, I know people listening <laughs> to this need it. It's important, right? Because if you look at, you look at any um, multi-touch cadence, right? We're, you're, you know, you're talking, you know, 10 touches minimum up to 20. Um, we're not, we don't want 10 emails anymore. We want, we want, you know, a, a connection request, a view profile, then an email, an SMS. We, we're omnichannel, right? Um, yeah. One step further. How, what about Facebook? Do you ever see a future where um, we're connecting with people on Facebook for prospecting? We do. We do. We're, we're looking at Facebook. We're looking at LinkedIn. We're also looking at potentially partnering with, um, you know, the, the intercoms and drifts, et cetera, of the world to have that automated. Also, if we go from your chat book and automatically they want to chat with sales, they can go right into a campaign as well. Um, so a lot of different things we're trying there. Um, but, you know, we still have about I think three things on the roadmap before that. But um, definitely, I mean, social is becoming huge. You know, you, you can't just make a phone call. You can't just send an email nowadays. You could 20 years ago. Now you got to get into social and you got to start building your personal branding on social, et cetera. So when you send that email, you send that connection request, you're more likely to get a reply from a prospect. No, I agree. It's on the channel. We see the fact that the results don't come from just one channel. It comes from the combination of how you use them all. Um, I want to know a little bit more about who you're helping, right? Because I think um, a lot of software companies out there and even a, a BPO managed service like us, we're all, we're all, and I didn't ask you this before, but I'm assuming you're, you're helping software companies, right? That's probably one of your, your, your targets. Are, are you helping software companies right now? Is that, is that mainly your, your core or no? You know, what? It's, no, you know, we, we do, but I'll, I'll say this. We spent about three months ago, we spent an entire weekend in the office in the boardroom. And the one thing we I'm recommending everyone does is know your buyer, do and find out your buyer's persona. So we sat here and actually mapped out, our messaging and who our buyers persona. And we realized the people we were selling to our messaging to them was wrong. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, a CEO, what does a CEO of a company want? Like yourself, you want to make more money. What would a VP of sales want? A VP of sales might want their SDRs to all hit their quota. So the VP of sales gets their bonus. An SDR is going to want a calendar full of demos. So we had to really find out who our buyers are. So we have different buyers. We work with all different industries. Yeah. Um, but our buyers are very different, and that's why our messaging from a sales perspective has to be different for each one. Are you seeing, are you seeing most of your clients right now and people are talking to in a technology industry? Are they in a, uh, in a, in a computer software space? We, we, I, would say, I would say maybe you know, 20 to 25%. Um, I wouldn't say it's a huge we – have, we have people calling from logistics, transportation, construction, um, just about every – I mean, ideally – if you could save anybody more time and allow them to potentially get more demos and make more money, anybody's going to be interested in your product. So yeah. the world is kind of your oyster. I, I ask these questions because, you know, we want to help software companies scale and we're designed for yeah. SaaS companies. But what I noticed is that SaaS companies are early adopters and early churners, right? They, they buy Agreed. all the tech stack. So like, who's been helping the industrial companies, the medical device companies, right? So um, probably something for us to all think about where we might have to help some people come out of the dark ages, right? And, and some yeah. of these guys, you know, when you go to software, do they have Salesforce for years, right? They already had some tools. You go to these other industries and all of a sudden they don't even have a CRM. So they're making a, they're making a major leap up, but I think they're, they're also some of the organizations that we could probably help the most, right? Yeah. The old, the old fashioned Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I'd say something. If you're using a spreadsheet and you're making money, don't stop what you're doing, right? Uh, that's I, to be honest, I still love using my spreadsheet. 
I, I rather use my spreadsheet than a CRM because I can see everything right there. I can mark it. I highlight it. I had a whole process back in the day before CRMs existed. Especially doesn't work. I worked at NetSuite. I was selling very expensive ERPs for people to get off spreadsheets, but they would get right back onto the spreadsheet after investing yeah. half a million in NetSuite. So um, like, like calculus is building all our buildings. It's, it's spreadsheets are behind everything, right? Agreed. Can't, agreed. Can't, can't get away from them. So I want to talk a little bit about like the future of sales development and SDRs because I think, uh, I think it's safe to say that the technologies that leaders like yourself are making are not only going to advance um, the profession, but they're also going to change it. And uh, it, you know, what ways do you see uh, technologies like yours and some of your other colleagues in the industry, how do you see them changing the role of the future sales development rep, let's say one year, two years, three years out? Yeah, like, I mean, I always see those debates going on like, oh, you know, sales reps are going to be automated, everything's going to be automated, it's going to be AI for everything. I think you're still going to need SDRs. You're never going to not need an SDR, but you're going to need SDRs to look at sales in a different perspective. And I think we just touched, touched upon it is like, you know, social and personal video and personal branding has become so big. So becoming more of an advocate, even on LinkedIn and doing, you know, podcasts like you're doing or videos and stuff is very good for your personal brand because now, you know, for example, if you would prospect to somebody that watched this podcast, they already trust you. They don't have to build the trust. They've already trusted you. Mm -hmm. And I think nowadays with so many different platforms out there, so many people cold calling, so many people emailing, you have to find a way to stand out. And your way to stand out is by building your personal brand. So I think in the next one to two years, if people don't start using video and they don't start building their personal brand, they're going to be left behind. So you're saying that SDRs is going to step up and they need to become actual public figures for companies and for themselves. Now's the time. So not even for your company, for themselves. I think it's most important to become a, a personal brand for yourself and not even for the company you work for. But uh, they need to get out of their comfort zone, let's just say. No, I agree. I, this is some of the advice that I tell all the leaders that we work for. It's like, talk, you know, help people, right? Um, podcast, talk to people, yep. guest blog, do things like that. And it's uncommon for them, right? Because they're like, I just want a meeting and I want to sell something. I'm like, that's, that's great. But that's not the way the world works. We build real relationships if people really like your product or service, they're gonna ask for it, right? Yeah. Um, which is interesting. So, you know, one of the things that like would be good to tell, I, I guess the people listening uh, to this podcast would be kind of how this relationship came about in the sense that I think a SDR from our team reached out to me two years ago. Um, and it was a conversation about uh, potentially using your software, potentially hiring us, right? Like, we're, cause we're always trying to get hired. That's, that's why we're talking. Partnership. <laughs> Conversation didn't really go anywhere, but I connected with you on Facebook, and I think our relationship almost blossomed on social, where we were in um, a group called SaaS Growth Hackers. That if you're not in that group um, and you're a software as a service professional, get in the group. It's it's got a lot of great people in it, and you were commenting on on um, some posts. I was commenting, and that's kind of where this relationship started. So, you know, I think a lot of our listeners should know that um, you know relationships are not home runs in the sense that like you talk with somebody and you know, all of a sudden you're doing business with each other and, and it takes time to nurture. Um, and, you know, bringing up that social Facebook, you know, I think it's important that some people, you know, some people to me, they're, they're, they say to me, they're like, Amir, I don't use Facebook. I don't use social media. And I go, in my opinion, I go even better. Open up a business oriented Facebook page, start fresh. Um, because Facebook is kind of what you make of it, right? If you're following XYZ, you're going to see XYZ, but if it's all business and news, it's what you're going to see. So, um, you know, do you think we should, as leaders, be encouraging people to get more involved in Facebook groups, connect with other leaders? Is that something that, you know, uh, is that a secret we want to share with people? Like, do we, like, is that a competitive advantage we have? 
Should we? I would. I would say it is. It is a competitive advantage. I mean, but I, you know, I don't mind giving some some <laughs> tips and stuff. But I mean, you know, the the one thing that I and I truly respect about you is when we're in that SaaS group and I post something that I don't know. A sometimes you are the first person to answer, but B you give you give high value. So we also, you know, you. I'm not going to say you helped me, but a half an hour ago you gave me a tip that I didn't know existed, and you build trust that way. So for example, if you know, you know, currently I don't use Cloudcast, obviously, but. Um, if I was going to use Cloudtask or go or look for that service right now, I wouldn't even look at your competitors. I would go right to you because we've already built that relationship. And yeah, it wouldn't be a it sales on. process. It would be like a long interview. Like let's, let's make this work. Exactly. Because yeah. a, I've now seen you face to face. We always touch base. We always, um, and it's, and one thing I think people don't understand on social and it's a give and take. It's like, it's like a relationship. You, if you want, if you want somebody to help you, you have to help them. So, by you know you providing me answers to my questions when you post stuff i always provide my insight and something that can help you i think that's the most important thing because some people just think they're going to post something and people are going to reply but the more you start engaging with what we call the sales influencers um in the space and you start helping them out when they have a question it'll only help you build that relationship and when in you know word of mouth referrals are probably the best yeah. referral and best client when somebody asks to me you know who can, where can I look for, you know, remote SDRs? I'll be like, you know, speak to me or Cloudcast. They'll get it done for you. No, hundred percent. And I also think it's a snowball effect, right? Cause I think, I think by engaging, commenting, you're then almost attracting other helpers and thought leaders, right? And you're building yeah. like this circle of trust where, and it's happening now. Like, I, like it's, it's a great feeling where um, over the last two years, where I was a complete stranger. Nobody knew who I was, right? Now I go to trade shows and people know who I am. Um, well, I knew who you were. You did. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, I don't think it ever was like this in the past. Right. And I think, I think if you're not putting your hand out there or asking a question or offering help, you're really missing the boat. And you know, both you and I, we're, we're, we're similar generations, right? I think we're both 36 years old now. Yeah. Um, so we're like kind of in the middle of where we're not millennials. Are we millennials? I don't even know. We're, or hardworking uh, millennials. Well, we, uh, yeah. We're hardworking millennials. And the hardworking millennials. Um, but like for leaders who it might not be their thing, their social is not their thing. Do you suggest that they be, it should become their thing or do you think they should pay someone to make it their thing? It, like, is that, I think it should be, it should become their thing, especially well, it depends if you're, if you're the face of your company, you need to like, for example, my, me personally, like, you know, I was always a business. I was never the type of guy to go up and stand in front and do keynotes. And yeah. you know what? I said to myself a year ago, like, you know, you're going to get up and start doing keynotes. You run a, you own a company now, you own a big company that's expanding. You got to get up there. So I think you have to get out of your comfort zone. And that's why, you know, podcasts are great. You don't have to just go out and speak, but even if you, if you're shy and you don't want to be on video, start with your own podcast or, or be a guest on a podcast to start, you know, small and then move your way up. But you, nowadays you, you have to be, you have to be your brand and you have to get out there. Um, conferences, you have to be in these, these groups like the SAS group. Um, the South Growth Hack Group is a great group, but even even we were we were talking about the other day was um, building your own you know LinkedIn following page, which is very important now because yeah. with LinkedIn Live coming out, that's going to be a big asset. If you have a lot of followers and LinkedIn Live comes out and you get access, you have a followers that are following you. Um, um, that's what we're talking about behind the scenes. That's what me and Sean talk about. We're talking about how to get followers on our page. Is it good? Is it bad? And we know it's good, right? Yeah. Um, so so we're doing that. Um, man, there's, there's a lot of things we could talk about and, and this conversation go in a lot of places, but I want to, I want to come back to something that's very near and dear that I think that people aren't talking about enough. And I think 
I think what there's not a lot of talk about right now is I think I think people aren't talking about sender score and they're not talking about email sensitivity. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of organizations need to pay attention to now because um, a lot of companies have domains that have had reputations for a really long time and it's, uh, listen, if your emails get blocked or they're getting spammed out, I won't say game over for you, but you know, what's the cost of that, right? And, and I, I don't really see any um, SDR training that has training on sender score on, on, right? Like we're putting links on our emails. Um, on my signature link has a Facebook link, a LinkedIn link, yeah. a privacy link, a family link. Links look like spam. Why do we have those links? Who's there to help us um, with sender score? Do you see this becoming an issue? Is this a topic that people don't want to talk about? I would say people don't want to talk about, but but it definitely is a a topic you need to discuss. And and I'll I'll just say what we've implemented in-house for that is, as you said, people don't realize in your signature score, you have five links. The more links you have, the more attracted to spam you are. So what we actually um, do is we highlight stuff in your email. So when you're writing actually an email and you put the word free or discount or millions, we'll actually highlight that word in yellow. So you actually know you have to change that word because it's considered one of the thousand spam words that these, these places detect. So we implemented that um, as one thing um, inside the platform. The second thing is if you have too many links, we'll tell you. So therefore, if you have eight links, we'll say eliminate five of your links on your email to get a better score. So I think nowadays you have to coach the SDR to go through. And that's something that we've, uh, we've focused on about four or five months ago was I'm really focusing on getting those emails delivered, but it'll always be an issue. And the Google, can I tell you something I'm doing? It's like me. I want to like tell you what I'm doing in a way that I'm like out of what I'm doing, but I'm also asking for your advice. So, um, with some of the engines I have, I'm creating, um, multiple domains, excuse me, multiple domains. I'm using email addresses because when we have employees that work, like if I had an SDR that works for autoclose, he's got the autoclose email, cloud task emails yeah. just for internal, right? So that email is an asset, right? And yeah. you can look at an email, I'm paying $6.99 um, for Google Drive license. You could say that's, that's an email, but it's really not. It's a marketing tool, right? If you use it. Yeah. So I'm renaming different aliases where it's like a mirror.writer, uh, mirror underscore writer. And, you know, instead of sending X amount of emails per day, I'm breaking it down to 50 emails um, per day, per, per domain that all roll up. Is that a... Uh, is that a growth hacking technique that you've seen before that you like that you don't like? Am I doing, am I doing good? You, I would, yes. Now here's what you want to do. So if you're going to drive your, you have a Lamborghini, okay. You're in your driveway. Okay. You're going to pull out of your driveway and on your street. You might drive 40 miles per hour, but when you get into the highway, you might drive 200. It's the same thing with email. You want to start with 50. And as you warm up that domain month over month over month, you slowly increase that. Cause what Google's going to look at is what is a mirror's 30 day average? Now, if you're sending 50 today and 75 in two weeks and 100 in a month, your average is 75. Well, guess what? Add 25 the month later. Add 25. So right now, when I started, I was sending 50, but now I can go up to 500 and I have no problem. Um, so you want to warm that up and start at 50, but slowly move that up because they're going to look at your 30-day average. Question. Is there any forgiveness? Yep. Let's say you've taken all this time, you've warmed up your emails, you're doing great, you pushed it a little too much. Is there going back? Are you marked forever? Is there repairing that sender score? Because that's kind of like, there, I believe I there's the a I'm always pushing the limits and like, it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a risky guy. I've, I've never had any issues. Um, I know, I know one of our clients, I think one of our 4,000 clients had an issue, um, but it's, it's literally like a warning, a slap on theirs. I mean, what they're trying to do, Google is 
make sure someone didn't hack into your account. Actually, funny enough, last weekend, my, all my accounts at Oak Club for mine were all closed down. I'm like, what happened? And it was on a weekend, I was trying to do work. And it was actually because somebody from the Orient was actually trying to get into my email. Yeah. So I had nothing to do with my email campaigns. That so they shut me. me down like, oh yeah. So, um, so I, I would just say, um, they're gonna, they, they wanna stop somebody from hacking in and stealing your information. That's why they might shut you down. Um, obviously don't say because I'm e using a tool. It's the same thing as you know, LinkedIn. There's so many LinkedIn automation tools, but meanwhile, automation on LinkedIn is, Ill is illegal from LinkedIn's perspective. So, you know, you gotta oh, that's be- another you know, topic, right? That's a whole nother topic. Tread. You gotta tread, you gotta tread when you're it's, using the tool. Yeah, you know, cause you know, the thing is people forget like everybody, you look at LinkedIn for instance, how do they get to be LinkedIn? They girls hack, they sent an email, you signed up 10 years ago and then you sent an email, all oh, your friends, but people forget about that now. Now they're a billion dollar company. Nobody can automate. Nobody. That's how they built their whole company. Yeah. They just did, right? So it's like, I think every, I think, I think the, the, the interesting issue is competition's high and you always need an edge. And it's like that mark of like where automation is too much and too little and trying to stay in that middle ground as it changes, right? Because you're not sending emails, you're not going to get anything. And if you're sending too many, you get spam. So it's like that, that middle spot. And it's, uh, there's no real guidance unless there is. I'm like, maybe we should create a, uh, a forum for that. For people just helping people with the new rules, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, one thing we do internally, and I like to do is, I look at people in the industry and if whatever, if everyone's doing things this way, I look this way. So I always do things out of the box. So for example, like, you know, I made it my goal in the last 60 days to do 50 podcasts. Yeah. 50 people's podcasts. Why? It gets me, you know, I get to speak. I get my name out there more. It gets me backlinks. It does all the good stuff. And it's, uh, it's, it's really good for, I'm the only one doing it. I don't find anyone else in my, my industry that's really, I'm at the only 31. I got some 19 still booked, but it was just some, a project I'm doing in one quarter. And then next quarter, I'll do something that no one else is doing. So I always look at different strategies. New solutions. Really I like new solutions. You're a new solution, man. I try new solutions. And when I find the good ones, I double down on them. I'll give you a new solution. I want to see some WhatsApp chat out of AutoClose. Can you get me that? WhatsApp is huge. It's huge. WhatsApp oh. is huge. But you know what? And you know what? I, I, I think it is a, I've actually, a lot of our clients that are in Europe are asking us for that. Yeah, it's big. So that's one thing, maybe even, you know, Slack, WhatsApp and all that stuff. Slack is next, nice, right? Slack is, yeah. you know, reaching into 30 Slack channels with a message. That's how it always is, uh, right? I think, I think buyers stay the same. Well, they, they get more educated, right? Um, channels change, but we're all just getting something in front of someone's eyes that appeals yeah. to them at the right time. Um, yeah. yeah, we we can talk about all this stuff forever. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. I'm like sales development is just and, and sales tech. It's it's growing really fast. We're 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 bringing up the speed. I'm like, if you look at what what leader like yourself is really doing, is you're enabling companies to spend more time making the product or service better and less time uh, and less waste on the sales end, which is, um, you know, you're helping advance companies and helping them grow. And, and exactly. that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing too, just through a workforce, but I also partner with, with, with uh, technologies like yourself and, and include them, which is great. Um, for all the people listening, you know, you're an interesting beauty, a long story. I, I know you do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> is there anything that you would want to tell the listeners about something about you that they wouldn't know? What would they not uh, know? What, what would be this, this out of the box thing? I would, I would say the out of the box thing that kind of, which started my entrepreneurial venture as a person was uh, when I was uh, 17 and 18, I was playing semi-professional tennis. So I played 
uh, in the same tournaments as uh, your, your friends, Roger Federer, Nadal, and those guys are all 36 like me. I uh, played in the same tournaments as those guys when I was younger. Um, before I went to do my MBA in finance and went the educational route um, and then try and go the tennis professional route, which I, um, I, had, I had the talent, but uh, I don't know if I would have made it. So here I, like I am today. Guys. You wouldn't be helping all the customers you're helping now. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. Everything happens for a reason. That's one way of looking at it. You will crush me <laughs> in tennis when we play. I am probably a two um, on a good day. I'm the guy trying to hit a serve full speed every time. Um, when I, That's me too. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I have a 10% accuracy rate. You probably have. Okay. So it's different, but yeah, um, yeah. this has been great. Listen, I know that we're going to talk a lot more because we're definitely pushing the industry. Um, for everybody listening out there, uh, where can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Uh, is it LinkedIn? Is it Facebook? Where, where, yeah. where are they going to find you? Yeah, find me all over. I'll, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So you can find me, Sean Finder on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, we're, we're in part of some of the group, uh, group chats there. If you want to email me and you have any sales questions, you can email me at Sean, S-H-A-W-N at autoclose.com. And if you have any questions about autoclose, you can go to our website, www.autoclose.com. Sean, I love it. Um, I know that this conversation, six months a year, we're going to be talking about more tools, more solutions. <laughs> more growth hacks. More growth hacks. Um, I, after this podcast, we'll talk about some more growth hacks. But, yeah, I appreciate your time, and uh, I'm going to let you go. 